950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Uh, it's Paul freaking Metza. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a living Minnesota music legend. He's kind enough to take pity on my poor little show and join me and, and have conversation. Uh, Paul, thank you very much. I appreciate the time as always. Well, it's always a pleasure being on with you, Matt. I thought about you last night. We did a little warm-up gig for the big show at the Dakota on Wednesday the 20th. Uh, up in uh, Virginia, Minnesota, nice. a bar called Flamers on the main drag. I, I know Flamers. Know ever, I've been to Flamers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a good place. I mean, how, how'd the show go? Oh, it was great. It was, uh, you know, that's the oldest bar in Virginia. It was uh, open in stores in 1905. Um the before that there was a bar there, but but as you probably know, the main street of uh, Virginia burnt down in around 1900 because yeah. everything was wood. Yep. So, uh, but it was one of the first bars inside a brick building, and we had a ball. Uh, by the way, and I want to make sure I give you once again a lot of credit because of the. Uh, the advice you gave me when I went down to New Orleans about great music and stuff like this, I I, I went to uh, the um, um, Preservation Hall. Jazz drummer legend Shannon Powell, as well as the 91-year-old Jazz Hall of Famer sax player Charlie Gabriel in a seven-piece band together. Holy God, was that good. Oh, does that sound like fun? Well, it just um, uh, goes to show you, you know, if you keep your chops up, you can play as long as you're walking the earth. I mean, Bob Dylan just got done with, uh, oh, geez, I think it was about a year and a half tour. Uh couple of months at a time and you know he's turning 83 on may 24th so uh you know god and i love uh, the older musicians because that's if you keep playing you actually will get better although all musicians have those points in their career that uh goes man i'm not going anywhere but uh, I, I, I have those dry spells, but I'm, I'm feeling really good. Uh, Sonny and I, Sonny came up to play my regular gig with me here in Duluth on Wednesday at the Blackwater Lounge, my happy hour show. So, uh, wow. I'm coming, I'm coming down on Monday and we're going to do a couple more rehearsals. And, you know, back when we were playing every week, we started playing 25 years ago. Uh, I got a call out of the blue from Sonny. When he was playing at Gabby's on the river, if you remember Gabby's, it'd be, it turned into uh, Psycho Susie's yeah. for years. But uh, we played there in the summertime. And then uh, one thing led to another. I got an offer to be the music director at Famous Dave's Barbecue and Blues in Uptown Minneapolis. So um, that came with uh, two happy hours. So, And when the summer got over at Gabby's, because it was an outdoor gig, we moved over to Famous Dave's and... Uh, we ended up playing there for well during my run there. My tenure was seven years, but uh, but we've been playing yeah every year for uh, twenty five years, including a, uh, a legendary trip to Reykjavik, Iceland, with the Minnesota Department of Tourism, and uh, uh, which w- which was a lot of fun. And uh, so it's just a joy playing. I think one of the things why we've been around so long is we've only played. Uh, you know, kind of weekly for years. Sometimes when you're playing night by night with the same guys or gals, that's kind of when the burnout starts. But we've been lucky. We, we, we And we're such good friends. It's just a really 
fun time anytime we get together to play. We need to make sure we get the specifics out here. Wednesday, December 20th, 7 p.m., you guys are at the Dakota. Uh, doors at 5.30. Tickets, uh, the show starts at 7. Uh, tickets are available. Go to the Dakota's website there. It's the 25th anniversary show with you and Sonny Earl. Talk about the idea of this coming together. At what point did you say, you know what, we need to do a show? Well, it was... Uh when I moved to Duluth a couple of years ago, Sonny came up a couple times. I can't remember. Yeah, we played. I did a, a – when my book, Alphabet Jazz, came out, we did a, a big show at the Women's Club. So we got together yeah. there with a lovely singer, Mary Harris. But we really haven't played that much. Um, so we were just kind of looking at the calendar. And uh, we started in the summer of uh, 98. And it, it that's 25 years. And that's as – Good as a reason of any to celebrate. Lowell Pickett, uh, the great uh, uh, brains behind the uh, the Dakota Jazz Club, called me. He wanted me to open up another show for somebody. And I said, I was actually booked that night, so I couldn't come down to Minneapolis to do it. So I said, by the way, Lowell, now that I've got you on the line, uh, Sonny and Earl and I are celebrating our 25th anniversary, and we'd love to do it at the Dakota. So he threw me out a couple of dates on that phone call. I grabbed one, and uh, and uh, it worked out really well. We I played the Dakota probably oh, six, seven, eight times. Sonny and I opened for John Hammond there in 2011. I've played with Maria Muldor there. Actually, uh, a fun gig solo opened up for uh, John Oates of Hall & Oates. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and uh, Betty Levette uh, and Joan Osborne and others. It's just a really classy club. The Soundman Craig Icorn is just a wizard, and it's just, and they treat you. Uh, they treat you like real human beings, which not every nightclub does. No, well, and they also can I mention the food? Uh, oh, they, they, yeah. yeah, the food is top notch there. And you're a foodie. I so, am. Well, uh, I'm, I just like eating now. <laughs> well, and, and you, you bring that about Dakota. It, the Dakota's got such a good rep because of that. I think it's it's one of those – you get clubs like that one across the country where people will search out that club because, oh, it, they're going to treat me with respect as opposed to – especially if, you get, if you've been on the, you know, in the market and been working for 20, 25 years – you don't need to go to another dive bar. You want to go to yeah. some place where you're going to. You know, it's going to be an enjoyable experience. Well, uh, in fact, I just saw an article in the L.A. Times uh, uh, name checking the Dakota and said, "Why can't we have a club like this in Los Angeles?" Uh, you know, I played the Iridium a few years back for the 60th anniversary of Gertie's Folk City, which was a great uh, honor. I played with Willie Nile and Rob Stoner, who's a bass player in the Rolling. Thunder Review and um, and some uh, other great musicians, and the Iridium is is close uh, to the uh, Dakota in terms of they have a wide variety of music that's not just jazz. You look at who the Dakota's been bringing in, man. They had they've had uh, just over the last several months. Steve Earle, uh, I think Livingston Taylor. Uh, Lucinda Williams, my God, it's those are the biggest names in in music uh, in terms of Americana, and that they uh, choose to play the Dakota says a lot about the club. Well, and and it, it, it the reputation is there. I think one of the things that I noticed too is you get. You know, you know, it, it, in Minnesota, it's harder because having gone to New Orleans and having gone uh, and spent a lot of time 
in um, in the, the southeastern United States, you get a lot of venues there that can do outdoor shows and you do parks and stuff much longer than we do here. As you did, you did the Psycho Susies and that you know over by the river there. You can do some of that here, but you need to have clubs here just because comes October, it, it gets a little bit more difficult to do outdoor shows. <laughs> you know. Uh Matt, 1997, I had a solo gig up in Ely, Minnesota at the, uh, it was called the Yugoslav National Club. It cost $2 a year to join. And uh, it was a funky little club on the second floor of the building right off the main drag. And it was, we knew it was going to be cold. That night broke the 100-year record for cold. It was 60 below without a wind chill. I had this great idea. There was a guy from WELY radio station camped in a snowbank uh, broadcasting live. And I had a, uh, an idea. I'm going to take my guitar, go out there in the morning and play and see if I can't uh, break the Guinness World Record for, for coldest outdoor concerts. And I woke up this morning, that morning, I said... What was I thinking of? I, I could have seen, but you know, there's funny because they had uh, the pond hockey tournament. Uh, I don't know, ten or twelve years ago, and I put together a band with Stan Kipper, Greg Genhofer, and one other, and Bobby Vandell. All three musicians, all three hockey players. So they did a song. Uh, I forget what song they did, and then they also did the national anthem. And Greg is looking in to sing if that might. Uh, break the Guinness Book of World Records for loudest or coldest outdoor show because I, I believe uh, they had iced out part of uh, Lake Calhoun and uh, that's where the the hockey tournament and, yeah. and the performance was. So I might get in there as a manager with that uh, record. Oh, I'm Dave McCoskey. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess you don't have a horn section if it gets that cold. I mean, it, oh yeah, it, kinda, it cuts back on that. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was I remember I was down down south and I'm I'm walking through Port Royal, South Carolina, and there's this great musician playing. I'm like, holy God, it's Joe Lewis Walker. It's like, you know, and that's, I think, one of the things that I, I I would love to see Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota as a whole get better at that. If we have four months, fine. Everyone gets out. Everyone plays music. Kind of enjoy it because that is, I think, how you cultivate a a better music scene all around. The musicians get to play more. People get to enjoy it more. It encourages more people to get into music. I think it, it's it, there is something to that that exposing more people to to the blues and to jazz, especially. I think it is is a good thing, and, I, and I'm glad you you guys are still doing it. Well, you know, I've had an idea for years. And some some architect out there grabbed this idea and run with it. But when they were building the uh, new library downtown, I uh, uh, posited the idea that there's no reason why they couldn't have an outdoor stage uh, that's heated for the musicians, but still have a place where, you know, we're Minnesotans, we'll bundle up and uh, and go outdoors to, to mm-hmm. whether we're skiing or snowshoeing or hiking. There's no reason they couldn't have a heated stage and kind of like an amphitheater to keep the musicians warm and have outdoor concerts all year long. I'd love it. How about Nicollet Island, man, right in the downtown? Talk, talk about photo ready, you know, musicians out there playing in the heart of downtown Minneapolis right on the river. I am so that we got to get to McNeil Metza Nightclub 
20, you know, 12 months out of the year, live music outside. Let's do that, Matt. Yeah, I'm well, down. We're going to have – pasties are going to be on the menu. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just pasties. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be the worst idea. I, I've, I've – as a person who has been in the music industry as long as you have and, and you've seen it in very different stages – as where it's at, you know, it, you know, it does. I feel as if Minneapolis's music scene, Minnesota's music scene, is just as strong as ever. It might not have as many, you know, a a, a real beacon like a Prince right now. And Dylan is off, kind of doing his own thing. But as far as a local musician, the replacements are there's no one like that necessarily. But it's thick and deep, and gosh, there's just a ton of great music in this town right now. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Odessa. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Writer, rapper, and I, I mean, I, I I'm in she, love with her. By the way, I am yeah. totally in love with Tessa. I think she's brilliant. Oh, it's absolutely drop dead gorgeous as well. She was up. She played the West Theater in the West End of Duluth uh, last month. She has a, a, a book out, a book of poetry called Tits on the Moon, and uh, she's a great. I follow her on Twitter. She's a great. I, I told her her next book should just be her tweets. Call it Tweets on the Moon, but. Uh, uh, yeah, she is, uh, uh, you know, she's phenomenal. Yes. And Lizzo's great. Uh, and then, you know, you have, you know, the Jayhawks still get together. Soul yep. Simon. Soul Simon's out there. I missed the uh, John Lennon tribute with the world's greatest rock and roll singer, Curtis A. I don't think there was, the, there's the number of clubs there were. Back when I started playing in the uh, early to mid-80s, I would play, I'd take Sunday night, well, I picked up a gig on Sunday nights. So many times I'd be playing solo on Sunday and Monday, duo on uh, Tuesday, played with Cats and the Stars on Tuesdays for four years at the 400, and then I moved it up and I had a five-piece band at the uh, Five Corners, also on the West Bank. And then on the weekend, I would be playing the Union and the Caboose. So there was a time, yeah. if you were versatile enough to play in several different formats and situations, you could play, I think, my biggest year was 327 gigs. Wow. Well, I mean, you, Cedar Riverside used to have so many more clubs over there. And Washington yeah. used to have more clubs over on Washington. And, you know, there they used to be these little holes in the wall, Dinky Town and Stadium Village that used to, you know, you could go down there and play constantly. And, yeah, it's, it's, that's one of the problems with a, a city that's gaining popularity. The, the land becomes, you know, as, as developers will say, it's too valuable for what's on it at that point. And so you kind of lose a lot of that. But there are still a lot of venues. You know, I, I, it would be good. I think we need to do this. We need to get more, better with the, you know, kind of promoting the local music. By the way, I'm going to give you another band. You want, you want the Millennials Generation Z. Go get Dury, the, the brother-sister duo out of Burnsville. They're phenomenal. I've heard of them. They're I've phenomenal. Them. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, nice, you know, good up-and-comers out there. I, uh, you know, what, what you're talking about uh, – Rents rising and everything. Yeah. That same damn thing happened down in Austin, Texas. And yep. I played down in Austin oh, close to a dozen times over the years. But all those, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, a four-piece band could rent a house in South Austin for three or 400 bucks. And they, you know, could play a, a, a two or three gigs a month to pay the rent and then uh, enjoy the rest of all the Austin nightlife and other, other gigs to play. But now once Dell Computers went in there... It's impossible to be able to to, to afford rent, um, and so they're uh, 
you know, so those musicians that were able to live by on, you know, what a lot of musicians do when they're when they're getting started. You know, you live on next to nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you live to play. And, uh, you know, in my case, in, in the case of the Dakota, uh, you know, I've been... One of the reasons why I never learned how to cook is I played in so many nightclubs that had food. <laughs> I never, I never really learned how to do anything other than spaghetti and hamburgers. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, one bar that reopened uh, after the pandemic that's starting that music at least uh, uh, four nights a week now, Shaw's Bar, where I played with Sonny Earl and Willie Walker for ten years every Thursday night for happy hour. Mm-hmm. And uh so that is always and if people want a good funky down home bar uh with really good bar food, I suggest Shaw's over there on seventeenth and, and university. It's just a uh wonderful club. But yeah, the more more music clubs the better, more work for musicians the better. The one thing Minneapolis has, like Austin, is a really sophisticated music audience that yep. loves a variety of styles of music. Back in the day when all the clubs were uh, hitting on full, uh, you know, on all cylinders, you could, in the course of a week in Minneapolis, you could go hear reggae, blues, jazz, folk, uh, you know, singer-songwriters, bluegrass, country music, and uh, and basically have all those choices on any night of the week. That's how rich at least the uh, music scene I came up in in the Twin Cities. And uh, I don't know if it will ever be like that again, because truthfully, uh, you know, it's we're living in this computer world. Everybody's on their on their phones and on their computer screens. I don't think overall, I hope I'm wrong, that somebody when they turn 18 or drinking age, you know, legal drinking age, when we were that age, Matt, the first thing we did was go to a bar and hear music, right? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if kids coming of age have that same uh, fire in their belly that we did. I know there's a lot of great young musicians out there and young uh, music fans. So, uh, but I just, you know, times change. But uh, that's why when you tell the story of going to see the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, it's just great to know some things never change. You well, know? I, I I grew up in the era where First Avenue was my club. You know, yeah. and it, it's a different beast today. And don't get me wrong, they still play a lot of great local bands and stuff getting in there. But back then, it was you know going in there you know five nights a week, and 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 it was you, you kind of enjoy that. Can I ask one last thing here for you before we, we we're going to play a song from you? We got to, uh, your your song "Train from Montana." We're going to play that out today. But I want to ask you: Have you ever thought about revisiting going on the road and just kind of being the the the, the rambling musician and going across the country and just you know finding clubs and just working your way across the country that way? Uh, you know, I, I I've done very little of getting in a car and, and and going out of state. Now I played Boston, New York City, Los Angeles, Miami, and Austin. But usually, what I do is I go down for a week, do a gig or two, and then just hang out and see the sights. If I ever had a situation where I could, let's say, get an opening act with somebody like Lyle Lovett, who's uh, debut show I opened up for at the Fitzgerald Theater in '89 at uh, uh, in St. Paul, I would do it. But to you know, I have a lot of uh, I give a lot of credit to Charlie Parr. Charlie gets out there in his van and he'll go out and do forty or fifty dates in fifty-five or sixty days, 
A lot of times he sleeps in his van at rest stops. And I think I might be a little too old for that. I like the creature <laughs> comforts. And it's one reason why I've loved house gigs, weekly gigs, is I've been able to sleep in my own bed. <laughs> so I do, I would love to travel, yes, but I have to do it with a certain amount of comfort. I would love to see you play Preservation Hall, man. That yeah. would be amazing. That would be oh, amazing. I would love to play. Uh, there's several clubs down there I'd, I'd, uh-huh. I'd love to get to. Uh-huh. Plus, just uh, New Orleans is just its one of the greatest cities in the world. Uh, it's, it's good fun, man. Now, uh, we, of course, once again, you want to see him in Minneapolis-St. Paul. You don't get to see him that often. You have a chance to see him on Wednesday. This is at the Dakota. Doors open at 530. Shows at 7 o'clock. Paul Metza, Sonny Earl, together at the Dakota. Great food. Make sure you tip your waiters and waitresses. It is a good time out there. Paul, it sounds like we might have a pair of tickets to give away. Is that right? The Dakota was nice enough to offer Matt McNeil, personally, two pairs of tickets to give away. Two pairs? Yep. Okay. All right, let's, uh, should we do that? We'll give away two pairs of tickets. Uh, let's, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll do that when we're going to the break. Paul, uh, as always, and always an enjoyable conversation. Congratulations on the gig. All my best, and all my best to Sonny Earl as well. Thank you, and everybody out there on AM 950 Radio Land, happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, my friend. Happy holidays yeah. indeed. Thanks, brother. I always appreciate it. Take care. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Let's give away a pair of tickets. Let's give away a pair of tickets. Caller number five. Caller number five at 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Caller number five. You will win yourself a pair of tickets to go see Paul Metza, Sonny Earl at the Dakota on Wednesday. Good luck. 952-946-6205. Caller number five, you're going to win. We'll take a break. Come on back. Listen to some Metza music on the way out on a Friday. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.